Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams and thank you very much for listening today. I appreciate it. We are going to dive right into it today. To this week's episode is going to be on the Matt Walsh documentary of what is a woman. You heard that right. Um, we're also going to touch on Joe Rogan, who had a t- uh, podcast that came out yesterday, also talking about this topic. He gave some of his opinions, talked about some wild stuff, including his friend uh, who's a teacher, his friend's wife who's a teacher, having their child literally convince a school to put a litter box in a bathroom because they identify as a kitten. (laughs) This is how crazy society has gotten. Um, So we're going to dive into all that. There's also some um, Homeland, or I'm sorry, uh, Health and Human Services documents that were recently released that Joe Rogan and Tulsi Gabbard touched on, um, which is actually a little bit different than what they thought uh, after I pulled up the document. And we'll walk through all of that today. Um, But thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so much. And welcome to the revolution. Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution. All right, let's go ahead and jump into it. But one thing I forgot is go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. If you are a new listener and you are not already subscribed, you want to. We have uh, some pretty wild conversations like this every single week, sometimes twice a week when I'm feeling frisky. Um, So basically when time allows with a crazy life that I live. But um, thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Honestly, just the fact that you guys come on here, listen to this, enjoy these conversations and engage in all the ways that you guys do just means so much to me. So again, thank you so much for listening. I I truly do appreciate it. Um, If you would, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you're a new listener. If you are a new listener, go ahead. um, Or if you're not a new listener, even if you are, go ahead and leave a five-star review, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever the hell you're listening. There's probably a few stars on there. Hit the five stars, leave a review, tell me what you liked about this episode. Some of these things are touchy topics. And as you'll see, if you go through some of my reviews, (laughs) <laughs> it's some nerves sometimes. So um, go ahead and leave a five-star review of me in the world. Helps me get up in the rankings. Help me get these sensible conversations surrounding our children out there. Um, so go ahead and leave that. It would mean the world to me. Other than that, go to redpillrevolution.co. You can get the podcast Substack, um, which is the podcast companion where you get everything to your email, including the video episode, the audio episode, the links, articles, everything that we discussed today 
and the social clips if I get them done in time to put that out with it. Um, so head over to redpillrevolution.co um, and there's a couple ways that you can support the podcast there as well. If you want to be a direct supporter, you can actually go to givesengo.com slash redpillrevolution um, and support the show directly on there. I appreciate it again from the bottom of my heart. Um, let's go ahead and jump into it. So today's episode is going to be on Matt Walsh's uh, documentary, which is called What is a Woman? Which is truly the greatest title of any documentary ever, because within that single title, you can basically corner any single person um, and, and see them scrounge and start just sweating unbelievably at trying to answer that question. You know, it, <laughs> the whole documentary about Matt Walsh. So what he did is he went around the world, literally, and I, I love some of Matt Walsh's dry humor. If you don't know him, I believe he's under the Daily Wire banner. Um and I believe that's where this documentary was released on. But um, so you have to be a subscribing member and it's worth it. You know, if you're going to be complaining about the wokeness of Netflix and Disney and all of the social platforms and big tech companies, you got to support the good ones, right? You got to show that with your money. So go ahead, sign up for Daily Wire. They have documentaries like this. They have TV shows and movies and all this, all this awesome stuff. So um, definitely, definitely recommend that. So Matt Walsh basically flies all over the country dealing with teachers, um, far, or psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, gender studies teachers or uh, you know professors, um, and then all the way to Africa, just to prove a sarcastic point about this, which I thought was hilarious. He basically flies to Africa, gets in with this tribe that's there, and starts asking them questions like, what do you think about somebody who uh, maybe is born a man but wants to be a woman and just kind of gets, uh, you know, a bunch of weird looks from these tribe members. Um, but it, it is it, it proves its point. And this is just so wild that American culture has gotten to this point that we're actually even having this conversation right now is wild. Uh, so go watch the documentary. We're going to have a couple clips on here. I only pulled just what I thought was the most impactful clips to be able to discuss about this. Other than that, we're going to look at that Joe Rogan, Tulsi Gabbard conversation because there's a few really impactful clips from there as well. Some really crazy stuff. Um, so let's start there. Let's watch this Joe Rogan clip where him and Tulsi Gabbard just begin the conversation surrounding this What is a Woman documentary. And here we go. There's a chess game, and the, the ultimate checkmate is, what's a woman? Yeah. I mean, when you're coming to, with, with wokeness, and, and you, you can identify as a woman, you get to use the female restroom, like, okay, but what is it? Yeah. What's a woman? You know, can a man get pregnant? Yes. Okay, well, what is it? Can a biological male get pregnant? And then people panic, and they start, the, the pe people that identify as a woman uh, are capable of being pregnant, and people that identify as a male are capable of also being pregnant. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. What's a, say, if you identify as a woman, what are you identifying as? Like, that's the documentary, the Matt Walsh documentary. Exactly. Which is fucking amazing. And also amazing that no one's reviewing it. Mm-hmm. No, no one. one's reviewing yep. it. That documentary is fantastic because Matt Walsh allow, and you can only get it on the Daily Wire, I think, which is unfortunate, but I get it. You know, I get it. The Daily Wire yeah. produced it. They want people to sign up and they're creating this alternative platform for content. But that documentary is so good. And like I said, what I think is really important about it, too, is that basically 
he just backs every one of these people into a corner with just that one silly little, really simple conversation. And at the very end of the documentary gets an answer from his wife, which is just like the perfect, you know, most readily available answer that any sensible person would come through, come to when asked that question. But just to see all of these people sweat, he goes to women's marches to have these conversations, right? It's like so crazy to see women who are literally there fighting for their own rights, try and justify the transgender woke ideology that is going on here when it there is no such thing as women's rights when you know i posted this on truth yesterday just a quick little thing about this which is like there is literally no transgender rights or there, there is there, i'm sorry there is no women's rights if there is you know if, if gender is a construct if being a woman is is basically brought down to this idea of wearing certain clothes and having your hair a certain way and your nails painted and the feeling on the inside is all it takes to be a woman then there's no differentiating factor that allows for equality because and, and that's the biggest thing with what's going on here too is that this is like literally an attack on womanhood right it's like there's no women coming into men's sports and just beating everybody down or like literally just, you know, tearing up every record ever in college sports, you know, like there is going on with men encroaching upon women's rights. You don't see men getting raped in the men's bathroom by women who are believe they're a man. It's not happening. Where this is being, where this attack is going is towards the women of our culture. And that's why you see these women at a women's march, right? A women's equality march where Matt Walsh there is sitting there asking this question, you're sitting here marching for women's rights. Now explain to me, just so that we can, and you would think that women would just like rally around this. This is crazy. You don't get to come into my dressing room. You don't get to smash me at my swimming meet meant for women. You don't have a vagina. You don't have a uterus. You cannot bear children, right? You 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 have higher bone density. You have higher amounts of muscle structure. You, you know, you have testosterone flowing through your body, no matter how many drugs you take. It, it's so unfair to women, right? It's, it's so unfair to women, right? Men are not the ones that this attack is being taken onto and being taken out on. It's all on women. And you see these calls from like the, uh, these women's marches, these, uh, you know, the, what is even the word that I'm looking for? These, um, all of these women's marches where, where people are not even talking about this. They're in fact, they're defending it, which is crazy. How do you even defend this? How do you defend that when you're sitting there marching for equality? Equality is not getting knocked out by a man, right? And if, if, and here's the bigger question, right? We get into like the bathroom situation and we'll see this with the, the furry kid where Joe Rogan talks about this in a second. Um, but there, there's really a couple of situations situations where this really gets weird, right? The, the situations where it gets weird is, you know, things like sports and things like bathrooms, right? And it's like, it seems like a, a, a when you watch the documentary, it like really pisses people off when he brings up these things, but it's the most important display of what's going on here and the encroachment on women's rights. It's happening in bathrooms. It's happening in dressing rooms and high schools where there's literally in that Loudoun County situation where two independent girls were sexually assaulted by a transgender woman um, in separate cases. And the school literally covered for them. And then the mom even came out and said, oh, well, she should have been able to defend herself better against him. Like it's so wild. So, so the two situations where you're actually getting this encroachment, the first one being bathrooms. Okay. Let's break it down. Why 
is there separate bathrooms? Why? Why do we need separate bathrooms? If, if, if gender is a construct, we don't need separate rooms to walk into to go to the bathroom, right? Why don't we have urinals in the women's bathrooms then, right? And the reason is women need privacy. Women don't need men because there are some very creepy, aggressive, disgusting, perverted men out there, unfortunately, right? I wish we could rid them overnight, but unfortunately those are being normalized too. But there is men who are like that, unfortunately. And time will tell you that. Go all the way back every era ever. There's been sexual assault, rape, whatever has, you know, whatever you want to call it has gone on. And that is a place where it will become very and has become very prevalent. So they deserve privacy. They deserve separate changing rooms. They deserve separate locker rooms. They deserve separate bathrooms. And if it wasn't the case, why is there a differentiation in the type of utilities that are even available in the bathrooms compared to from a women's bathroom to a men's bathroom? There's no urinals. urinals. You want to know why? Because women don't have penises to pull out of their pants and to pee into a urinal. If a woman sat on a urinal, that would be very bizarre and disgusting. <laughs> and so they are physically incapable of using a urinal properly. And if you can, that that's a very impressive skill you have there. <laughs> so the plumbing is different, right? It's different. That's the reason that we have differentiations in bathrooms. Why not just make every bathroom a unisex bathroom? Well, because there's creepy men out there and women don't deserve that encroachment on their privacy. That is why. Okay. Now, when you muddy the waters and you have a six foot five guy coming in with a wig on his head, pulling his penis out in front of a young child female, that's disgusting. That's gross. It shouldn't happen. And if that was your child, you wouldn't want it either. It's terrible. Or your wife in there. It's, it's just, it's not how it's meant to be. Okay, so why not have unisex bathrooms? There's your answer. There's a differentiation in both the utility of the bathroom and the differentiation in how the privacy should be handled in those situations. And men will take advantage of it. Humans are imperfect. Humans are, you know, not like there's there is bad in certain humans that will have them taking advantage of this. And unless you have a bouncer at each door checking the plumbing of each person that walks in, it doesn't work. There will be, and the only people that will take advantage of that are the ones who shouldn't be, right? The ones who want to take advantage of it for perverted reasons. And there has been many, many, many cases where this is happening. It's not like I'm just making this up, right? There is absolutely perverted people out there. Go look at the, you know, the hundred, however many thousand cases of people who installed cameras in bathrooms and got arrested for it. There's disgusting people out there and women should be safeguarded from that. And an easy way to do it is put a damn dress on the door and say, if you have a penis, you don't come in here. Let the women have their privacy. Because if that was your child in there, if that was your wife in there, you would want that too. There's the first one. Okay. Bathrooms solved. We need a differentiation. Okay. The second one is sports. Okay. Now, if, again, let's go back to the same argument. If gender is a construct, if gender is just an idea that you have in your head, why not have all sports teams be unisex? Why? Why not? Just have all sports teams be unisex. Why did they even become a, come up with a women's league to begin with? Well, if you look at the 70th place Olympic runners, they still smash the records of every woman in the top three at the Olympics. 
You want to know why? Biology. That's why. Biology is why. There is a reason, a physical reason, the testosterone flowing through your body, the muscle mass, the bone density, all that's involved in that causes men to be, generally speaking, more athletic. Now, there's some women who will beat your ass in the UFC right now. I promise you. <laughs> there's some. There's a lot of women out there who will outrun me. I don't run. And even if I did, they'd still be faster than me. But when you get into the highest levels of athleticism, the bodies are generally made up differently in almost every sport. There's a really, really good um, quote by Serena Williams. Um, I think it was Serena or Venus, pretty sure it was Serena, where she was on a talk show and she talks about playing tennis against like, I don't know who it was. It was like Roger Federer, if he's a tennis player, I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> Not a huge proponent of tennis, um, but it basically, she said, you know, it wouldn't even be fair. Like if I go play against the number one, you know, the, the 14 year old male, I'm going to get beaten. Right. And it's like, you see that, I don't know if that was the actual quote, but you see that where the women's Olympic soccer teams go play the U14 men's Olympic or, you know, USA teams, the U14, the under 14 year olds beat the women's soccer leagues. And that's nothing against women. That's just a biological fact. Now, that's not to say again, there's some women who will beat your ass that are in the UFC right now. Guarantee it. Probably all of them, unless you train. So that's nothing against women. That's just a biological fact. If you decided tomorrow that we're going to have unisex sports leagues, no sports leagues are going to be based on sex because sex is a construct. It's just in your brain. No reason to differentiate based on a thought in your head. Why not just have it all be the same thing, right? There's no WNBA. There's just the BA. <laughs> I guess that's the NBA. There's just the NBA, right? No women's leagues. There's no Olympic, you know, differentiations among sex or gender. You know what would happen is it would all be dominated by men. There would just be only men on the teams, just like there is today. If there was a woman who could play in the NHL, who could be, you know, and there's been like a, a, a goalie, um, that I think it was a backup for at one point or at a, a pretty high level. Um, but... If it, if it was a thing, they would go. They wouldn't be making eighty five thousand dollars a year playing in the WNBA or hundred whatever they make. They'd be making a million, five million, a hundred million, whatever, playing in the leagues that they get paid to do so against the highest level of athletes. It's just a fact. If you made everything unisex, it would be dominated by men in sports, and that is the reason. There's your reason. Let's continue this clip. There's a chess game, and the, the ultimate checkmate is you can only get it on the Daily Wire, I think, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And he does it, and he does it deadpan. Yep. And it's amazing watching these people just like twist reality into yeah. some weird <laughs> fucking contortion. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. what are you saying? It's what so is a woman? What exactly. does it mean? Yeah, it's so revealing. You know, you're, you're marching for women's rights, but mm -hmm. what does that mean? So if I decide I'm a woman and I go out, you're marching for me? Mm -hmm. I'm a woman now. Right. You could just say it? Yeah. Like, we, we can't have that. That doesn't make sense. And it doesn't mean you can't have trans people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that. Yeah. You can most certainly... And it doesn't mean you're against. Yes. 
Yeah, Anyone. you're not denying anyone's existence yeah. either. They, they exist. However, if you want to be pregnant, you must be a biological female. Mm-hmm. This is science. Mm-hmm. This is something that we have all studied and looked at and observed. And this is fucking doctrine. It's yeah. no getting around it. Yeah. If you want to breed, if you want the egg in the womb, <laughs> you want the whole thing to happen, the uterus, the baby, yep. that's a woman. Yeah. Just because you have a fucking beard because you're taking testosterone. You're still a woman. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. And that and that's what was so powerful about that documentary was both Matt Walsh's demeanor and, frankly, his respect with whoever yes. he was questioning and the spectrum of people that he spoke to on this. Yes. From, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists, doctors, professors, and even... Uh, the woman who transitioned hormonally who has to terrible regret. become a man who yeah. was ter- like crying on camera. That's this. That's the problem in this country. When you, you know everyone wants to talk about representation, here's what's not represented at all in the mainstream media: people that have had a horrible experience having gender transition surgery and regret it deeply. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's not a small amount. It's a lot of people. Yeah. It's it's not. A cut and dry thing look if there was a way where we had some sort of genetic engineering where you know some super advanced form of CRISPR where uh, I could just decide I want to be a woman now and then bam now I have a double X chromosome I have a vagina I'm an actual woman mm-hmm. like 100% not surgery and here's the other thing it's like if you're saying that you identify as a woman you're a woman okay why do you have to get an operation then right what, why do you have to take hormones? Right. Like, why do you have to do all that stuff? And that stuff seems to be where all the problem lies because that is purely experimental, yeah. the, the, especially when it comes to children. Like, we're now finding when they're talking about hormone blockers, they were saying hormone blockers are reversible and there's no side effects. That's not true at all. They're finding horrific side effects for kids to take those things. Right. And we don't have a lot of long-term data. We just And that was one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard of in this documentary was this woman who's sitting in front of him saying that, you know, when we go ahead and we do these types of hormone blockers, it's basically just like putting, you know, putting the song on pause. And when you go ahead and want to start that puberty again, whether you're 20 or 30 or 50, we just press play on the song and eventually you just go through puberty just normally. No, that's not how that works. That's not the science behind it. That's not the scientific studies behind it. That is not how it works at all. And they talk about a couple things here that I really wanted to touch on from this documentary, which is the horrific case of this woman who went through transition, went through bottom surgery, went through all of this to transition into being, to try to look like a man, um, to reaffirm their identity and just horribly regrets it. And you hear about all the things and terrible things that they go through. And and maybe we'll just jump into that here. But it's like, it's heartbreaking. I've never seen a story touched on this. And he said that too, that it's like, they're so far unrepresented. And, And we're going to see the effects of this, these gender affirming surgeries and hormone blockers and chemical castrations. We're going to see the effects of this on our children, this experimentation, just like they experimented on the general public with these mRNA, you know, um, 
vaccinations, uh, gene therapies that they did on everybody. Um, just like we're going to see the effects of that, we already are in some ways on people with very high levels of, of myocarditis, but we're going to see the effects of that. We're going to see it in the effects of in five, 10 years from now, we're really going to see it ramp up and even worse in 20, 30 years from now. But by then you're going to be so far gaslit by the government that you won't even remember the pandemic, right? But whether that's not going to happen is when you transitioned a seven-year-old child who liked to play with cars and you gave them chemical chemicals to turn them into a man by giving them testosterone. Oh, and then took skin off of their arm and turned their or internal parts into a like visual aesthetic seeming genital like it, it's horrific we're going to see the effects on mental health we're going to see the effects on physical health we're going to see the rejections of these chemicals like women have superpowers in their body. It's the only thing that's connected to the earth in a way that it's cyclical, right? They have these cycles that is a period that could literally, if you, I've said this before, if you lock a woman in a room without a window, she will be able to generally tell you how long for a month <laughs> because of her cycle. And that's just how they're so far in tuned with the universe and the world that their body is literally on a timer, Right? They need these things to happen. There's the cycle that their body is supposed to go through. And then again, when you interject these things into that and you take away that cycle from happening, what are the implications of that? And we don't know. And they're trying to act like they do because each one of these surgeries is worth unbelievable amounts of money. Every time they go through this and, and decide that a child needs these things, it's an unbelievable amount of money for the healthcare systems. And we'll talk about that too. But this horror story, this horror story of, of this woman trying to become a man is just one of the most heartbreaking things. And I, and I have compassion for people, like a, a real severe amount of compassion for people who have this gender dysphoria. I can't imagine, like I've dealt with mental health issues before, I've dealt with anxiety, I've dealt with depression. I can't imagine being so far dissociated from my body that I don't even believe that I'm a man anymore. Like that must just be, it must really, you must be so hurt on the inside to feel that way. And I truly, honestly have a lot of empathy for somebody who's going through that level of uh, existential internal mental health issues. That's terrible. It's horrible. And, and I, I hope you figure that out, but I don't think this is the route. I don't think it's by chemically castrating you. I don't think it's by taking skin from your forearm and, and aesthetically making it seem like you have a penis. I don't think it's by, you know, stifling your puberty at 12 years old. I, that is only going to further the mental health issues and further arise physical issues down the road, physical health issues. That's all that's going to come of this is your first, like nobody comes to a, a psychiatrist with schizophrenia that believes they're being chased by purple monsters. And then the, the, the whole world has to pretend like this purple monster is actually following them. So they don't feel crazy. That's, that's literally what we're doing here. We're reaffirming a mental health issue. 
we're reaffirming gender dysphoria and, and making them feel like what they're going through, you know, we're just curating the world in a padded way so they can experience this. And not only just experience it, because the amount of people, like there's this article that came up that shows Montgomery School, sorry, 582% increase in reported gender non-conforming students over two years, data shows. And this is coming from Common Ground Studios. It says that Maryland's largest public school district saw a 582% increase in the number of students identifying as gender non-conforming in two years. During the 2019 to 2022 school year, a total of 35 students reported gender non-conformity to a counselor, including four elementary students, 19 middle school students, and 12 high schoolers. So as you see there, data-wise, it's affecting that middle of school age the most, which is when you're going through puberty. Of course, you're like, what the fuck is happening to my body? Why am I experiencing these things? I don't want to have a period. I don't want to have a random erection in the middle of school. Like it's not, not, it's like, yeah, everybody went through puberty too. And it's like, it's weird. And your body's trying to get used to these things and it's uncomfortable at moments. And like, you're trying to figure out who you are in the world and like orient yourself in a positive direction. And you're trying to seem, you know, feel like, a lot of this is about feeling uh, noticed by the world, right? When you're 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, some people would wear wild outfits to school, right? Because they want to be seen. They want to feel, they want their existence validated. And how that's happening today is in these wild, weird ways, right? Like if you can become a protected class of citizens, especially if you're like a straight male, straight white male, <laughs> like you have no physical protections from, from everybody calling you, you know, whatever name ever and being racist and sexist and, and bigoted towards you. You know, if you can just go like, eh, I'm feeling like a woman today. <laughs> <laughs> that gives you that sense of like protected classness, right? That like superpower of nope, now nobody can say anything negative about me ever or else they'll get banned and sent to the principal and put in jail literally in Canada for not using the correct pronouns. It's so crazy. And then all over middle schoolers who want to feel noticed by the world and some who go on to high school that want the same things. And you see that in this like next clip in Joe Rogan's conversation with Tulsi Gabbard here, where you get to these like, where does this end? Because we're just beginning in this process of of disidentifying ourselves as as having you know personalities and gender, and so let's see where this goes. When you get to the craziest parts of being trans, this is where we get to. Like, we know children are incredibly malleable. We know children are impulsive. They, they decide, like, there's kids, ready for this? My friend, his wife, is a school teacher. And she works at a school that had to install a litter box in the girls' room. Because there is a girl who's a furry, oh who identifies goodness. as an animal. And her mother badgered the school until they agreed to put a litter box in one of the stalls. Yeah. So this girl goes into the litter room or to the, the girl's room and urinates or whatever. I don't know if she poops in it. That's pretty gross. <laughs> That's you know I mean? Like if you could teach your cat, by the way, here's the thing. If you could teach your cat to use the toilet, you would. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Like you don't want a box of piss <laughs> yeah, in your house. Right. It's the worst. I've had cats my whole okay. life. It's the worst thing about having cats. You got to clean that box of piss every day. Yeah. Like it's the greatest <laughs> thing about dogs. They go outside. Like 
You're, you're a fucking the human. The cat's got their humans trained. <laughs> Imagine how crazy that is. You're a fucking human being, and you prefer a litter box. You want to piss into a, a pile of sand yeah. rather than use a bathroom yeah. that you could flush the toilet, wipe yourself like a normal person. Like, you're so crazy with uh, what you think an animal is that not only have you said this, but you've conned the school yeah. into putting this fucking litter box that's so wild. And that's where the shit is going, right? The whole idea behind this is just ridding the world of their identity, right? Is getting rid of who you are and making you a number. You don't have a gender. You don't have a, a, a sexual orientation. None of it's real. Everything's fluid. Everything's non-binary. You have no identity and therefore you belong to the government. Therefore, you, you have no sense of self, and all you are is a human and your cattle with a number on you. It's, and so that's where it gets. That's where you go. And even Matt Walsh in the documentary had a, uh, a, somebody who identified as like a werewolf. And you see that how, like, again, just how deep of mental health issues these people are dealing with is this werewolf self, crazy, weird man, woman, werewolf basically said that, oh, I watched a Japanese, I watched a Japanese cartoon in high school and I just thought, man, that's really me. I'm a, I'm a animated werewolf with blue hair. Like, oh man, just something about that really resonates with me. And now I'm going to be that for the rest of my life. And so it, it gets, it, there's no ending this. Right. That's the difficulty with progressivism is that when do you just go, I think we're good. I don't think we need to have children poop in litter boxes in our schools. I don't know if that's a necessary thing for us. Maybe we'll pass on that one. Maybe we can stick with some core general values for our families, you know, and our children. Maybe that's a good a good start. Okay. Now, and when we get to this, like Tulsi Gabbard talks about this and, and where she's, she's actually wrong in this in some way, but I'll explain what she means and I'll explain where it's coming from. Um, but there's another clip where Tulsi Gabbard brings this up and talks about a health and human services document that outlines, according to her, the fact that um, if you do not affirm your child's gender identity through these chemical castrations and surgeries, then you can be called on by CPS. So I haven't found that document. The document that I found that was called what she said this document was called actually talked about something different, but let's watch this clip. Let's listen to it. Um, just wanted to frame that for you a little bit before you get all up in arms. Um, and there's a, actually some percent of realness to this, and, but it's just not here. So let, let's watch this and then we'll talk about this too. The worst thing that, I don't know how well known this is, but I saw a brochure that um, that uh, the Department of, of Health and Human Services put out on what is gender affirming care. Um, it basically says that if parents refuse or fail to provide this gender affirming care, then Child Protective Services will have the authority to step in and try to intervene for the sake of the child. Wow. And so when you look wow. at what so of a kid is just going through a period in their life where they decide I'm a girl or I'm a boy. Right. And the parents say, hey, let's wait until you turn 18. You might grow out of this. And the kid's like, fuck that. I'm calling Child Protective Services. Yeah. And then Homeland Security or whoever the hell it is comes in 
and physically forces the parents to do the bidding of the minor child. With the threat of taking your child away from you. How did anybody allow it to get this far? Like, who... Are there no adults in the room? I mean, that's a big expression, right? It is. That was the thing that they, everyone said that we were going to love. So here's the reality. Tulsi Gabbard is wrong there, but the reality of it is basically worse. So I pulled up this document here, and I'm going to pull it up, and I'm going to walk you guys through it. It's through the Health and Human Services document. It's titled HHS Notice and Guidance on Gender Reaffirming Care, Civil Rights, and Patient Privacy. This is what I believe she's referencing. There might be a document that I just couldn't find on this, um, but I believe this is the document that she's referencing. And in my opinion, it's even worse. What the document's actually doing, and I'll, I'll read it to you here, and then we'll we'll kind of I'll, I'll give you a summary. But it says that the department, um, the Department of Health and Human Services, stands with transgender and gender nonconforming youth and their families, and a significant majority of expert medical associations, in unequivocally stating that gender affirming care for minors, when medically appropriate and necessary, improves their physical and mental health. Attempts to restrict, challenge, or falsely characterize this potential life-saving care as abuse is dangerous. Attempts, uh, such attempts block parents from making critical healthcare decisions for their children, create a chilling effect on healthcare providers who are necessary to provide care for these youth, and ultimately negatively impact the health and well-being of transgender and gender non-conforming youth. The HHS Office for Civil Rights will continue working to ensure the transgender and gender non-conforming youth are able to access healthcare free from the burden of discrimination. HHS understands that the families and healthcare providers are facing fear and concerns about attempting to portray gender-affirming care as abuse. And this was following a Texas legislation move to make it so it was abuse when they were doing these types of surgeries and chemical castrations on children. So this was basically in response to that Texas uh, legislation. Um, but it goes on to say, to help these families and providers navigate these concerns, uh, we are providing additional information on federal civil right protections and federal health privacy laws that apply to gender-affirming care. All right, so the next page goes on to explain what they're doing with this. And it says that it enforces and prohibits discrimination on the basis of disability in any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Section 1557 protects the right of individuals to access the healthcare programs and activities of recipients of federal financial assistance without facing discrimination on the basis of sex, which includes discrimination on the basis of gender identity. How does sex and gender identity, if, if you believe in gender, gender identity, that means you don't believe in biological sex. So how can that mean that? It literally means the exact opposite. <laughs> if anything, the, the identification or the acceptance of gender identity completely negates the idea of sex. So no, physically and legally, that should not hold up in, in court. It says that categorically refusing to provide treatment to an individual based on their gender identity is prohibited discrimination. Similarly, federally funded covered entities restricting an individual's ability to receive medically necessary care, including gender affirming care, from their healthcare provider solely on the basis of their sex assigned at birth or gender identity likely violates 1557. I like how they say likely, but it doesn't because sex and gender identity are antonyms. Gender identity means that sex does not biologically exist. It means that you do not, I, that's why when you ask somebody, what is a woman? They won't tell you because they don't want to, they don't want to make sex a real thing. They want gender identity to be a real thing. How do you feel today? Do you feel like if you look down your pants that you got a vagina? No. Okay. 
then you're a man. No matter what's actually down there when you look. No, because there's a reality. And that's one thing that these people said in this documentary is like, well, whose reality? Is it their reality? No. You know, whose truth? Is it your truth or their truth? How about the truth of when I dig up your body 500 years from now, I can run a test and see if you're a man or a woman? Hmm. And every time he asked that question, what is a woman? Every single one of these people responded with a a woman is somebody who identifies as a woman. A woman is somebody who believes they're a woman. A woman is somebody who believes that in their heart and their soul that they are a woman. And then he finally asked this like gender sex professor or whatever specialist. He asked him, can you define what a woman is without using the word woman in it? Your definition? And the guy just looks completely dumbfounded, like has no answer for that. Like he spent $100,000, it gets paid $90,000 a year to teach the subject and cannot define a woman or what a woman is without physically using the word woman. And when you get to the end of the documentary, you see Matt Walsh's wife perfectly explain it. A woman, a woman is a adult human female, adult human female, not that hard. Very, very simple. It's the most direct way that you can describe that ever. It's not that hard to answer these questions, but instead you see these people just sweating over the mental gymnastics of trying to figure out how to answer that question. So what this document is saying by Health and Human Services is basically if a doctor refuses to do gender-affirming care, they are no longer going to be eligible for federal grants, subsidies, and income. And even further, they can be potentially liable. It says here, HIPAA, and, and, and shows them how to shell themselves from letting the state know, in this case, Texas, know that this child's receiving this care under HIPAA laws. So it, they're trying to like cover for this. So I'll, I'll look one more time and see if we can find anything at all that's remote to her conversation on this, having to do with parents and child protective services. But from what I found with the name of the document that she gave, there's no such doc. I just didn't see the document that she's referring to. Um, so let's try it. We'll go ahead and look up gender affirming HHS CPS child protective services transgender. Okay. Let's see if we can find that. Texas governor calls on citizens to report parents statement by HHS secretary Javier Becerra reaffirming their statement and support for LGBTQI youth. Uh, HHS is releasing guidance to state child welfare agencies through the information memorandum that makes it clear that states should use their child welfare systems to advance safety. HHS is also receiving guidance PDF on patient privacy, clarifying despite the Texas government's threats, healthcare providers are not required to disclose patient private information on gender affirming care. HHS also issued a guidance making clear that denials of healthcare based on gender identity are illegal as it is restricting doctors and healthcare providers from providing care because of the patient's gender identity. The secretary also called on HHS to, to explore all options to protect kids, their parents, caretakers, and families. And it will also ensure that families and healthcare providers in Texas are aware of all the resources available to them. So let's look at this one other document, which is the 
making clear the denials of healthcare based on gender identity are illegal. And that's the document that we just got into. So basically it's threatening all doctors that if they do not do these surgeries, if they do not fall in line with this liberal woke ideology that a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old that likes to play with cars should go through chemical and surgical transition of what their sex is, potentially leading to life-altering, horrific outcomes, as we will see here in just a minute. And that's what's so frustrating about this. Is this is and where nobody nobody had a problem with this. Like if you want to if you want to pretend you're a bird and jump off of a the Empire State Building and flap your wings and see if you can fly, I don't care. Do what you want to do. But the second that you want to push this ideology onto my child in schools, the second that you want to make these the number one book that you're putting out in, in Barnes and Nobles, you know, trying to push these ideologies onto my children, that's when we're going to have a problem. You can, you can jump off the Empire State Building and pretend you're a bird. I don't care. You're not going to fly. I'll tell you that. Just like if you're a, you're a woman or you're a man who wants to become a woman, you're not going to get pregnant. I promise you that. Doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. So, that's the biggest problem. Is they're not just going after, you know, trying they're not pushing for equality. Right? And that's what you saw with a 500% increase in children that are identifying in some way as like trans or gender fluid, whatever you know, that means what we're seeing is that this, this becomes a new, like a new social coolness, a new protected class for these middle schoolers and high schoolers and elementary school kids. And they're pushing this ideology in a way, in a way that they make it seem cool. They make it seem like that's what you should want to do. And that, oh, you're, the, you're now the cool kid in school if you wear blue hair and pretend that you're a boy. And that's not the case. And that's what's causing, you know, the mental illness is now being expressed in a way in what is now normal, right? There's a reason. There, it's not that there is 100% not that there was all these transgender kids who were just, you know, pushing their real identity down in, in beneath the surface. No, it's because this is literally a topic in every conversation everywhere right now about being trans. They're literally doing lap dances on six-year-olds and, and all the other gross things that you see going on in, in these, you know, uh, what are these, uh, you know, whatever you see on the streets and, and in these, you know, drag shows and all of that disgusting, you know, things they're pushing on to children, these literal sex shows. It's, it's horrific. And, and nobody would have cared if you were looking for equality. You're not looking for equality anymore. You're looking to push your ideology onto our children and then through that, force them to get medical and surgical things enforced upon them that make you profits. At the end of the day, I believe this is about profitability and I believe this is about destabilization of the American identity and family. That's what I believe. And in that Joe Rogan interview, something that he asked Tulsi Gabbard is like, well, do you think that this is on purpose or do you think that this is, you know, kind of happenstance. Joe Rogan says that he believes that this is some sort of mental virus and that it's just, it's just happening. It's catching on like a fire, like wildfire going through the, you know, whatever. But no, I, I don't believe that. 
And he asked Tulsi Gabbard, if you think that this is systematic and strategic, who do you think is doing this? You know, the same people that are, you know, when they talk about maps, the minor attractive people, who is doing this? Who is trying to normalize this? Why would they try to do that? They would never do that. There's nobody bad enough out there to do that. I don't know. Maybe the elite pedophiles who were on Epstein's list that they still have yet to release. You know, all of the politicians, all of the elites in Hollywood that were literally child predators. Maybe those are the ones that are trying to normalize these things. Maybe those are the ones who are trying to sexualize our children in elementary schools. Maybe those people with all the money and the wealth and the power that were flying out to islands like they're, you know, with the, you know, worst person in the world to do the worst things in the world to innocent children who literally cannot physically consent. Maybe those are the ones who are behind this. Maybe those are the ones pushing these ideologies through the academic societies, which is then being peddled through Hollywood, right? All of these things are interconnected, all of it. Hollywood, academia, politics, all of it. And they're intertwined with the big money, right? And you see that, you know, um, what's going on with Disney? Disney pushing this ideology in, in the Baymax show where I talked about that, the transgender, you know, oh, I use the, the I like pads, right? If you remember that, that clip that I did, you know, the, the, the robot asking, where do I get, what type of tampon should I choose for this person? And then this man with a trans shirt on in a, in a show meant for three to seven year olds, because it's on the child side of Disney says that they like to use pads, trying to disorient my child's view on identity from three to seven years old. There's the Hollywood aspect of it. Then you already see the academia aspect of it. And all of the people pushing for these, the pushing out the grants that are funding the scientific studies and research that only get published if they are in line with it, they wanted to fund them for it to begin with. The same people that are funding the lobbyists, the same people that are flying private jets to Epstein's Island. Those are the ones who are behind this. Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely, this is a strategic attack on the next generation and our children to normalize pedophilia, to normalize gender dysphoria, to normalize the sexualization of our children because they're predators. That's who I think is doing this. Absolutely, 100%. So let's see how this plays out. Let's see how these people actually get affected because this to me from that documentary was the most impactful three minutes or so. And hearing the story of one of these people that went through one of these horrific mental d difficulties and decided to take the easy button that everybody was giving them of transitioning, thinking it was what's the best in their, in their interest, when in reality, it was what was just best for the pocketbooks of the people doing the surgeries. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. When psychologists or somebody that I was in love with or whatever said that I was in the wrong body, I started to think, well, maybe I am. I'm a biological woman that medically transitioned to appear like a male through synthetic hormones and surgery. I will never be a man. Is it transphobic for me to tell the truth? Why is it then a couple hundred years from now, if you dug up my body, they're gonna go, yep, that was a woman. 
had babies. Can you tell me about the procedures that you, you had? I've had seven surgeries. I've had one stress heart attack. I've had a helicopter life ride uh, with a pulmonary embolism. I've had uh, 17 rounds of antibiotics. I had six inches of hair on the inside of my urethra mm. for 17 months. Nobody would help me, including the doctor that did this to me because I lost my insurance. I get infections every three to four months. I'm probably not gonna live very long. Was there any real discussion of the risks and the side effects and? No. No, there's not. And I know that people wanna think that there is, but there's not. The truth is, is that medical transition is experimental. We have um, studies that said that medical transition helps mental health, helps mental health with kids. They've all been retracted, modified, changed. But the only long-term study tells us seven to 10 years is when transgender people are the most suicidal. After? After surgery. But that's transphobic to say. For the first time in history, a marginalized group has a huge dollar sign on the top of their head. We have. And you want to know how much that dollar sign is because this baffled me too. But first of all, you, like I said earlier, this is not, this is not an attack on the people who are experiencing this truthfully, right? Not the people who are jumping on this train this trend so that they can be a protected class and, and feel unique. This is talking about the people who were defined in the DSM-5 20 years ago or 15 years ago when it was designed, which is also crazy that the DSM-5 was only made in like, I don't know, what was it, like the 70s or the 80s or like the 90s? <laughs> Let's look it up. When was the DSM-5 made? Because I think it's so much earlier than like the original one um, that was made is so much earlier. The Diagnostic and Statistic Manual on Mental Disorders. Um, 1952, this says. So literally for only like the last 70 years, we've been even starting to try to understand mental illness. And I think we have it totally wrong in a lot of senses. Um, but gender dysphoria has been being treated for a very long time. And to understand that there are people who believe this and, and get so far into that dissociation from their body and their mental space that they feel these things. And that's very real. And I, I can't imagine what that must feel like to, to physically not even want to be in the body that you were given. Um, I feel I have very much empathy for those people. And that must be a very difficult thing to struggle with. And to also now have society and culture literally looking to profit on you based off of that difficulty and not help you. These things are not helping you. You getting literally skin ripped off of your arm and turned into an aesthetic looking genitalia between your legs and completely closing off the one that you had is not normal. It's not gonna help anything. It's, not gonna, it's definitely not gonna help your mental space. Taking testosterone treatments is not gonna help your mental state. It's gonna literally wreak havoc on your body's normal, normal way of surviving of, of how you were designed to deal with these things and, and, and make your mental struggles so much worse. And like he said, seven to 10 years after transition, medical transition is when you see the most rates of the highest rates of suicide 
not before, after. When they go, oh, well, they were just so difficult to deal with from the very beginning that they had this difficult. No, it was drugs that you gave them. It was the difficulties. Like she said, like, oh my gosh, just horrible, horrible experience. And so here is the price tag on each one of these children's heads that they're going after for these things. Every child that they convince is is transgender and in need of medical transition, it generates $1.3 million to pharma. And we're believing a pharmaceutical company, Lupron, hormone blockers, reversible, so they say. Well, the truth is, is that in 2003, Lupron was sued and deemed a criminal enterprise by the US government. They paid the most fine of any pharmaceutical company at that time, $874 million, wrote a check. Is Lupron chemical castration? Yes. We're giving it to pedophiles, aren't we? We're giving it to people that are dying, and we're giving it to kids telling them that they were born in the wrong body and it's completely safe. One of the drugs used is Lupron, right? Which mm -hmm. has actually been used to chemically castrate sex offenders? You know what? I'm not sure that we should continue with this interview because it's and that's the response that he gets when he and he literally pulls up the medical definition of chemical castration and it's just the the elimination of or, or uh, of free uh, androgen and testosterone in the body through chemical means it's not like they're pouring acid on your genitals it's like gosh it's just it's hurting everybody. And the only people that are profiting off of this are the hospitals that are doing these surgeries, are the psychiatrists who are disguising this advice as, you know, help to your children when really it's just about profitability and making them feel special. It's horrible. It's terrible. And the fact that our society is even getting to a point where we have to address this in this way is so ridiculous. And I think from my perspective, where we're going with this, it's only escalating. And who knows, in five years from now, maybe literally every bathroom is going to have a litter box in it because we kept going down this weird ass path of confirming people's and, and padding the world around people's mental disorders to where we allow them to believe that they're a kitty cat who should be in a high school bathroom using a litter box. It's so crazy. I It's so crazy that I even have to have this conversation. Um, but I did just kind of want to update you guys, not even update you guys. I wanted, I wanted to bring that up. I want, I want you to go watch that documentary. I, I truly think it's a, one of the most impactful documentaries put out in the last few years. Um, it's very well done. It, it's not... Um, clickbaity or any way. I appreciate his dry sarcasm <laughs> flying all the way to Africa just to prove a sarcastic point that these tribesmen would never be for this and how crazy our society has gotten. Um, but go watch the documentary. Uh, go check it out. Um, highly, highly recommend it. And you know, maybe go listen to that full interview with Joe Rogan and Tulsi Gabbard was an interesting one. Um, but anyways, um, you know, <laughs> uh, th this is where we're at. And, and I think it's important to bring up these conversations. I think it's important to identify that this is mostly an attack on women, an, an attack on female, uh, you know, empowerment and equality and an infringement on privacy and all of the above and, and taking advantage of people in very insecure states of mental illness. 
it's just all horrible. And I think that we need to have these difficult conversations. And, and you know, if you go look at my reviews right now, you'll see that these conversations have landed me a, you know, a bad review or two in the past. Um, so, you know, from people who claim to be transgender and all of that. And so we need to, we need to empower the next generation. We need to let them know that this is not okay. We are not going to accept this. I am not going to accept this for my children, for your children, for our school systems, for our government to be passing legislation, for these hospitals to be continuing these things. It's all gross. It's all disgusting. And we cannot allow it to go any further. It's already gotten too far where it is, where you literally can have a cat box in a high school bathroom because some kid identifies as a kitty cat. And it only gets worse. And this is just the beginning. So as I've said before, we now is the time to do something about this. Now is the time to stand up. Don't be afraid of people speaking out and saying that you're whatever. If transphobic means not being for the the taking advantage of people in mentally unstable and mental health situations <clears throat> or, or being for sticking up for our children when they shouldn't have these sexual ideologies pushed onto them or not normalizing pedophilia against children, then that's fine. But if you want to fight back against that, if you want to speak up about it, do it. Talk to people. Have these tough conversations and, and get your get your word out there because the less we talk about it, the more that we shy away from these conversations in fear of, of whatever woke Twitter mob, whatever coming after you, the, the, that's what they want. And that's how they win is just the silent majority staying quiet while the crazy ass people who want to profit off of your children's mental health issues continue to do so in the name of wokeism. So anyways... Before we go, go ahead and leave a five-star review. Like I said, I've gotten the, you know some people who have got on my on my thing there for having this very conversation, and uh, left me a one-star review, hurting you know the thing, the very thing that I work very hard on for you guys here, putting a lot of time and effort and energy into this. So if you could leave me a five-star review, tell me what you liked about the podcast, um, tell me your favorite part of the show, whatever it is, tell me your favorite episode. I don't care. Tell me your favorite outfit I wore. I don't know how often I change it up, but you know, tell me <laughs> whatever, <laughs> but I hope you have a great week. Head over to redpillrevolution.co. If you would like to donate, I put a ton of time, effort, and energy into this. I'm literally up at 11 o'clock at night, 11.15 right now doing this. Um, I'm about to go, you know, edit this, get the audio out there and up tomorrow for you guys, 5 a.m. So literally seven, six hours from now whatever that math is. Um, so if you could donate anything, 10 bucks, five bucks, 20 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever it is that you can do, truly, I appreciate it. It, it makes this just that much, you know, it, it makes me have some affirmation here that I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right direction. Um, and obviously I'm putting a lot of time, effort and energy into this. When I have a career, I have children, I have family, I have a lot of things going on. Um, so it would be helpful. That's givesendgo.com slash redpillrevolution. Um, and you can go to the website as well to sign up for the Substack. Get the podcast companion. Um, but again, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you don't, don't run across any kitty cats in the bathroom, you know, throwing uh, <laughs> the cat litter at you. Um, but anyways, welcome to the revolution. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.